Hello, I'm Alexia, and let me help you to take the fear out of birth with a mix of real-life positive birth stories and birthing experts sharing their wisdom. I'll also be sharing techniques for getting into the fearless birthing mindset. And join the Fearless Mumship community for bonus podcast episodes, access to free birth preparation downloads, and loads more stuff to help you to prepare for a positive birth. Join today at fearfreechildbirth.com. Hello and welcome back to the Fear Free Childbirth Podcast. This is me, your host, Alexi Leach, and thank you so much for joining me today. Now, this week is a little bit of an exciting week at Fear Free Childbirth HQ because we're running the Fearless Birth Prep Challenge. If you've been listening over the last few weeks, you'll know what I'm talking about. If not, let me just give you a quick recap. Basically, it's a five-day challenge for pregnant mamas to help them to prepare for their birth. Now, obviously, you can't get all of your birth prep done in five days, but it's giving some clear direction and some steps to follow and at least to come out with a clear plan of knowing what you still got to do and feeling a little bit clearer about what your decisions are. So that's what the fear, fear, Fearless Birth Prep Challenge is all about and it's still running. It finishes tomorrow. So if you do want to join us, there is still time. We have got tons of people sharing their stories about what they're doing for their Fearless Birth Prep Challenge. And we've also had a baby born already during the challenge. I don't know how many more we're going to be getting before the challenge finishes. But yes, it's all very, very exciting. So if you want to join, all you need to do is go to the Facebook page, the Fear Free Childbirth Facebook page, and there's a link to the group and you'll be able to catch up on all the posts and all the Facebook Live videos that have been running this week. We're running two Facebook Live sessions every day at as a minimum to help you. We're going to be tackling certain topics. So there's loads of things for you to check out in the Fear Free Childbirth Facebook group. Um, and then also we're on Instagram. So if you're on Instagram, come and find us on Instagram at Fear Free Childbirth. There we'll be sharing uh, some stories from the challenge there too and lots of lovely photos as well of pregnant mamas. So do come and check us out on Instagram at Fear Free Childbirth. Okay, now today's episode. This episode for today is fabulous. Today I'm going to be talking about gentle C-sections. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast already, you'll remember that I did share a positive birth story that was a gentle C-section quite a while back. Well, the person I'm speaking to today is the OB that helped make that gentle C-section happen. So, um, yeah, it's my OB from my local hospital here in Nottingham, uh, because my Nottingham Home Birth Group is a wonderful resource for me in terms of interviews for my podcast. I've got lots of people that have been guests that I know through my local home birth group. So today I'm going to be speaking to Andy Sim, who is an OB who is quite passionate about the gentle C-section and trying to improve C-section experiences for women. So today we are going to be talking all about C-sections. We're going to not only talk about the gentle C-section and a really good checklist for you to think through as you're planning your section if you want to have a gentle C-section, but we're also going to be talking about the risks of C-section as well. And also I'm pretty thrilled because he's the first OB that I've had on the podcast and he's such a lovely guy. So um, really, really lovely. I think there's really important points that he raises as well about how you communicate communicate with your hospital uh, care team, your healthcare providers to get the best out of them. Because I know that I get a lot of emails from you saying, oh, I don't trust the medical staff and I've got a real fear of medical staff. Well, you know, they're worried about being uh, pressured into making decisions by your medical staff. Well, you know, we need to take responsibility and communicate with them in a clear, uh, calm way too. So he gives some really good pointers on that. So, 
it's a really great chat and there's so much there that I think we can all learn from. Whether or not you're planning to have a C-section, C-sections are always going to be a plan B or C as part of your birth plan. So think listening to this episode, having a really good understanding of C-sections, if you've got a fear of C-sections and listening to what he's got to say so that you don't have a fear of them, because there's no point having a fear of C-sections, then this is just such a great episode to listen to for all these reasons. So it really is for everyone. Okay, enough of me wittering on. Now, here is when I spoke to Andy Sim all about gentle C-sections and lots more. Welcome, Andy, to the Fear Free Childbirth Podcast. Thank you so much for coming along. Thank you. I'm delighted to come. Well, this is fabulous. So, Andy, we are going to talk about gentle C-sections, among other things. But before we do all that, would you mind just introducing yourself to the listeners and telling us a little bit more about what you do and why you do what you do? So, I'm a consultant obstetrician in Nottingham, where I've been for 15 years now. My areas of interest, I guess, are, are diabetes and endocrine disorders small babies so I scan small babies um, and labour ward management really I, I love being on a labour ward actually and and so I guess that's where I you know I, I undertake cesarean sections but I guess that's where I got into doing these gentle cesarean sections because I realised that a lot of women their experience is not as good as they would want it to be what got you into this line of work then so what got me into obstetrics yeah like why did you specialize in that um i see it's difficult to say actually i've got this feeling that i i had a predilection to doing this from probably being a teenager because i remember listening i remember listening to someone at church who was a missionary and I remember, and they did some obstetric work, and I remember thinking, wow, wow. And also, I remember listening to Michelle O'Dont as well, or, or, or watching a TV program with him in, and I still can picture him. I still can picture the birth. Wow. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. So bizarre. And, and you know, I never thought I would ever become a doctor because no one in the family was a doctor. So I never thought I'd be good enough to do it. Oh. And, then, and then I did it. And here I you are. It. And here I am. Yeah. So I, my dream came true, really. Brilliant. And yeah. so it's a bit of a calling for you then, really, what it sounds like. I think it was probably you're right yeah yeah brilliant, brilliant. It was. so you said you really like working on the labor ward and being on a labor ward what is it that you like about a labor ward then uh so I think I like a bit of A&E type stuff sometimes you know that quick decision making that bit of adrenaline bit of an adrenaline junkie okay um, get that buzz from that getting a good outcome from that most of the time most mm. of the time um and so yeah i think it, it, that it's a bit it makes it a bit different to the other bits of, of obstetrics which are much more perhaps calmer clinic orientated we're going to talk about gentle c-section so before we carry on sort of using this term banding it about some people might be listening and they might not actually know what that is. So before we sort of continue any further, would you mind just kind of explaining what a gentle C-section is? No, I can try. <laughs> I can try. So, so 
Um, I only learned about it a few years ago and because I got asked to do one. That's that's where I learned about it. And, and um, I went and looked it up and the paper that was written in the British Journal of Obs and Gynae that, that was in 2008. And they, they called it the natural cesarean section. And I think people aren't so keen on the term natural because how can you make a cesarean section natural in a way? I understand where they're coming from, but they, so so what? But what they're trying to say was, um, what we want to do is is make a cesarean into something that's much more akin to an experience that a woman might have at, at a natural birth. Um, so she's got an element of involvement, I guess. Usually, I think she just feels as though the whole whole scenario is taken away from her, mm. and she's a bystander within it. Mm. And so, so it incorporates a whole combination of um, you know you play your own music, and and you can do that for any cesarean section. You play your own music. Um, you have the leads on the back of your chest for ECGs, so that your baby can go straight to the chest. So it incorporates skin to skin, which mm. again to be a part of all cesareans really and all births if possible. Mm. Uh, it incorporate where you get the baby to effectively come out more slowly. So I, I, I guess this is a bit where theoretically you get a bit of squeezing of the fluid out the baby's lungs by a slow delivery. So you deliver the head and one shoulder and then just wait. And often you give the, the drug to help deliver the placenta is often given at this point, but you just wait and the uterus contracts slowly and gradually the baby gets delivered out of the uterus without any assistance from us at all. That's a bit that's really so different. So rather than kind of like hoiking the baby out, like lifting the baby out or pulling the baby out, you just let the baby wriggle out on their own. You do. Basically. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And then you try and transfer the baby straight to the mother's chest. So you pass it to the midwife who's scrubbed in and she puts it to the mother's chest. You keep the cord intact. You defer the cord clamping. And, and you know, and then after that, you carry on with your cesarean section uh, as normal, really, um, with, a, with an anaesthetist at the top who is crucial because they're the ones who are the chatty ones, really. You know, they... <laughs> so um, you've just talked about lots of things there that, that, are, that are important aspects of birth, like delaying of the cord clamping and the skin to skin. And I'm just wondering, um, why, why, what, why is it that more C-sections aren't like this anyway? Um, yeah, you're right. I, I think it's just change. It's just challenging change, tradition, you know, mm -hmm. and... The tradition is that there's an element within our profession sometimes that the speedier the surgeon, it's almost an accolade that if you do the quickest section, you're doing well. You know, <laughs> really? you're making it, you're making it. And that's not, you know, that shouldn't be the case. It really shouldn't. Um, so it's change. It's difficult to affect change, I think. Um, there's lots of traditional things, you know, the, the less time you have the abdomen open, the less the risk of infection. And that's probably true to an extent. But we're only talking about adding a few minutes here. We're not we're not talking about 
long periods of time extended. And 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 then I get colleagues who then say, well, you're going off to do your gentle section. So I do barbaric ones then, do I? <laughs> well, no, no, no. So I, it's hard to know what the right terminology is because you offend people if you sometimes or offend colleagues sometimes uh, with the terminology we use. Yeah. But it is change is hard. Yeah. yeah. And so um, I'm just wondering, is it all like, is it possible that all C-sections could be gentle or when there's certain emergency situations that you really can't really be gentle, that you just where yeah. it's not really an option? So what kind of. Is, is that is, yeah, is that the case? Yeah, you're right. I think that's true. I think if you had a situation perhaps where you had massive amount of bleeding mm. and you had to go in quickly or mm. you had a baby whose heart rate had been slow for quite a period of time and you really needed to go in quick, mm. I think those really aren't amenable. You know, the key thing is speed, get in, get the problem dealt with and okay. i i really wouldn't advocate it at all for those okay. um but i think a large number are amenable to mm. it larger than we think probably because mm. you hear a lot of women that have end up having to have an emergency c-section when they find out on the day that babies breach and so they might have been laboring for a while and suddenly it's oh baby's breach we need to get you yeah. into a section so in a situation like that a woman could have a, a gentle c-section in that situation so she could have quite a few elements of it. I think the one problem with breaches, of course, is they're coming the wrong way round. So the issue of squeezing the fluid doesn't work oh. because the head's the last bit to come out in a right. way. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's all the wrong way round, really. Mm. Now, some people then say, oh, well, could you turn the baby in utero and then deliver it? And maybe you could, but then I think you're getting into the realms of is that really beneficial to do? So, so the breach one, possibly not, but you could do everything else. You could do the early skin to skin, the deferred cord clamping, mm -hmm. all of those things. Um, and the other thing is actually um, something we want to watch the birth. So you drop the drapes. Yeah. My by dropping the drapes is they still don't quite see enough because they've got a bump in front of them. Mm. So we, we tried it with mirrors. We've got a little mirror that we try and use to help them see, and they found that quite useful. So, yeah, the, those situations, um, th there's a few things you can adopt and a few things perhaps you can't. Okay, so the main features then of a gentle C-section are... So it's, it's having the environment that you, you you're yeah, having a play a part to play in that. So there's the music that the so the women can request like low lighting, maybe fairy lights or something in the room. Can so, they? So, yeah, we haven't gone that far in a theatre, <laughs> but maybe you could. We do drop the lights. So so the big lights, operating lights. Clearly, we need them on. Mm. for the surgery but once the baby's head's delivered you can drop those down and make it a much dimmer environment while the baby comes out yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. Okay. and then put them back on once we're sewing up 
Yeah, yeah. I you mean, know. in my head, I'm just imagining that um, I maybe I'm giving my age away here, but there's some big DJs back in the day when I used to go out clubbing quite a lot called Orbital, where they had little torches on their glasses that, like, all the like little head torches. Oh, <laughs> Could you... yes. <laughs> yeah. Could you have that kind of scenario where you know you got little torches on your head rather than the big lights so you can see what you're doing? Maybe we could. I think the um, the neurosurgeons go along that route sometimes. Do they? Do so they? They, maybe we could. So yeah, I've not tried that one yet. I think there's still places we could go where there we are, haven't been yeah. yet. <laughs> so we've got the lighting situation, then you've got the music, and then the other aspects you mentioned is letting the baby come out of their own on their own accord, which might be the element that might get sacrificed if it's an emergency situation. Is that what yeah, you're saying? That bit. But then the other correct. bits you can keep are maybe uh, the skin to skin, the yeah. delayed cord clamping. Anything yeah. else I've missed there? What other elements are there that, that can be taken into account? Um, they pretty much they are the principal elements. You're okay. right. Yeah. Okay. So I think, I think almost... Um, what I'm thinking of doing is devising almost a checklist that mm. you could go through with women before a section, certainly for an elective section, a planned one, and say, look, which, which bits of this would you like and which bits would you not? Because women say, oh, you know, I really don't want to see it. I just don't want to see it. But I'd like skin to skin, you know. Mm. So you could perhaps adapt things for them depending on what on what they want really so it gives them some degree of control yeah but you're right a lot of it's about the environment and the communication and and all of those things just helping them to feel involved I think yeah Yeah. and I know there's one person I spoke to who one thing that she really appreciated I think I think the anaesthetist or somebody that was there during her emergency c-section narrated the birth to her and talked ah. her through what was going on. Yeah, and it because would she be the anaesthetist. Would it be the anaesthetist? And she Probably. really appreciated that, almost having a yes. narrator. And she said, that doesn't happen. And I've never heard of a, a birth narrator. And I don't know if it is. Is it a thing? Is that not um, a thing? I don't know. Do you know, some anaesthetists are very good at, uh, at going through bit by bit what's happening and... and talking it through if they want to you're right so some women like that some women like you just to chat about anything else but the surgery (laughs) and then once the baby's out they're overawed by the baby so so then that you know that takes their mind into another another realm really yeah yeah. Yeah. so that could be on the checklist then a bit like you know would you like somebody to narrate your birth yeah absolutely to, know, to help idea. her feel more involved, actually. Yes. It, it, I think the one thing I'm picking up is the gentle C-section thing. It's just to help the woman feel like, rather than her just being on an operating table and being done to, in inverted commas, that she's yeah. taking part and involved and she's involved. Yeah, doing, she's yes. in it, really. Isn't it, really? So that she doesn't Absolutely. feel... Absolutely. You, you've got it banged on the head. Yeah. So it's anything that she can do to feel more involved. So if she can be talked it through, then that can be... Um, then that can help. So, okay, so we've got a little checklist forming in our heads. This is brilliant. I yeah, love it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm just thinking in the different, I don't know much about C-sections. I, I didn't have C-section myself. The difference then between the planned and the elective, uh, the, the planned and the, the emergency, is there any major difference that um, anybody needs to take into consideration from a gentle perspective between those two? Does it change anything? The, I guess the difficulty then is, 
who's going to do who's going to do your procedure and have they bought into the the the, the philosophy i guess oh, okay so i've got some colleagues who are a little bit cynical perhaps about about the whole thing i don't know why to be honest yeah i was like the really thing... like don't they don't they ne- have they not read about birth because <laughs> <laughs> i think to be honest what you know what i i think lots of us are learning and it's through social media really is that actually what matters to a lot of women is the experience and you know it's not what we were taught as as doctors really about the technicality you know we've got the technicality we know that we know what we're doing uh, it's actually about making the experience different and that's true for any birth and mm. and I've learned so much through social media you know I would look at notes and say oh she had a straightforward von Tu's delivery lift out delivery vaginally you know why is she here saying this was an issue and then you talk to her and it was a total horrendous experience for her Mm. and you wow that's amazing so I've read lots of stories like that Mm. and it's made me think that actually sometimes it's not a lot of it could be the way she was spoken to on the day the way she was involved the way you know made to feel a bit like a a bit of a slab of meat on a table you know that sort of thing so Mm. it's made me really realize that it it matters it Mm. it, the experience matters Mm. i've been to ethiopia and i've seen things there and women are treated very differently there and you know on the operating table they're tied down and 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 it (laughs) feels horrible and and you know, I've seen women and just talking to them or touching them and really makes them feel different, you know, so it, it, they feel cared for in a way. So so I've learned loads through those sort of things and it's, it's changed, changed the way I practice, I think. Mm. So, I think, oh, no, go on. No, I think a lot of quite a few of my colleagues are seeing that as well. They are changing in the way they practice Mm. yeah so you're saying that basically when you train you don't kind of learn it's all very technical there isn't the the whole way that the the woman might be feeling isn't really that's not part of what you're learning and your training is that what you're saying not so important it's changing it's changing Mm. the human factors element is definitely coming in much more than when i was training yeah um so yeah there's a new emphasis now which is great yeah no that's really 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 good to hear because i certainly yeah uh, you know um i'm sure you have spoken to a lot of women that have uh, had those difficult experiences that are down to the way that they're treated essentially yeah and that makes such an impact even the use of language and how the woman you know what words are used and the tone the tonality and that is such a huge part of that birth experience and it Uh, it it surprises me to hear that that isn't made more of an emphasis because of it's things like that that do make that that make or break that experience for that woman and it's yeah you know like i'd love to think that you know that it's brilliant that this change is happening but what more can we do to kind of speed this up or get the message out because you mentioned that some of your colleagues don't get it and it's like i don't know how can they not get it i'm kind of bewildered by that i'm like the the experience of everything you know there's still a little bit of um our, our specialty is very different because there's a lot of choice now come into our specialty mm. whereas 
if you listen to a surgeon, general surgeon, tell someone about their, you know, their gallbladder with gallstones, they're very sort of, we're going to remove it, you know? There isn't a sort of, well, we could remove it, <laughs> or <laughs> we could leave it be, but you might run into problems, you know? Um, so it's interesting because, so some of my colleagues are still a little bit, older school in the well i really think you should do this you know yeah but actually the woman says but i don't want to do that you know so we're learning all the time mm. and we're learning i'm not dobbing my colleagues no, in. no I, no i know, you know you're I mean, not i know you're not i'm not we, suggesting we it for are a all learning at different <laughs> rates in a way about what's so best what could a, um, i don't know if there's anything a, a woman could do is there, is there anything that, that I say we, um, we, here I am representing womanhood, pregnant women, that we can do to help bring some, you know, these guys that maybe a little, I say guys, they might not all be guys, these people that are a little bit more old school in thinking, what could we do to help speed this process up so that more women can improve those experiences that they're having in those environments? Tricky question. Tricky, Tricky. question. I'll put you on the spot now, yeah. haven't I? Yeah, I have. But I, there's certain things, so you know how... The way people speak, so the way we speak to people can put put their backs up, definitely, you know. But equally, the way, sometimes the way the woman tries to put across her choice can put our backs up. So say you get a woman who comes into the consulting room and she sits down and she says, I'm going to have a cesarean section. And you think, are you? You know, where's that discussion been? Mm. Whereas if she came in and said, you know, I'm really thinking about a cesarean section, but I'm really wondering what you think about that. Instantly, I am melted, you know, because I think, oh, they're asking my opinion. You know, that matters. That's good. So there's ways that they can talk to us that is really sort of helpful, I think, in softening us up. And equally, there's clearly there's ways we can speak to them that's important about offering choice. So it's a two way process. No, I think I I love that you said that because it is so important rather than kind of marching in with demands being a bit more co-creative about the process and going, right, this is what I want. What do you think? And so to have that happening from both sides would be an ideal, wouldn't it, really? It would, definitely, yeah. But then you do have, I mean, you know, certainly with my own pregnancy experience where I get like, we're going to do this and this and this too. It's like, whoa, hang on a minute. No, you're not. Like when, (laughs) you know, and and then immediately got to really kind of like put your foot down and get kind of you know put me in i want to speak to your boss kind of thing because this is not this is not washing sure. with me so it's sure. yeah so i think both sides need to kind Definitely. of take that co-creative i say co-creative i don't know what other way collaborative approach yeah collaborative collaborative approach, approach yeah. to that Definitely. birth decision making yeah. um so yeah and okay. one of my colleagues who deals with people who often have had traumatic experiences and want the cesarean section she She's very good because she'll approach it with, um, if you want a cesarean section, I, I will do it. So let's start our conversation with, I will do it. But let's explore your reasons for asking. Mm. And instantly that will help them to come down because they think, gosh, I'm not in a battle now. Mm. I've, I've got my request. Um, but actually in the exploring bit, sometimes... 
they change things around and and you can perhaps come to a different feeling at the end so that that's a really good way of you know for us to to sort of try and try and do things which is you know anything is on the table here let me not instantly say oh i'm not doing that Mm. (laughs) so we could do yeah so what what are the main reasons then that women request a c-section so there's all the the aside of the medical grounds aside Mm, of medical grounds yeah um then i i think it's often previous very poor experiences I'm trying to think of the reasons why they might where where perhaps they have been involved in um, rape or they're unusual though things like that um, I have seen that but they're unusual um, true tocophobia a real fear of labour. Mm. Uh, again the odd person but they're few and far between to be honest and some women it's almost you can't quite dig it out you know it's almost like i want a different experience so let's try this one there can be a bit of control you know i really can't i really want my baby at this point in time there's x y and z going on in my life i i i need control often got other ways of helping with that Mm. so lots of different reasons i think for women requesting cesarean section aside of the the medical reasons and i think the commonest reason is they've had one before and they're worried about going through labor you know Uh, that's probably the commonest one i see Mm. so they're worried that the v-back isn't going to be is high risk for them yeah yeah they would and it's that thing of i don't know whether i'm going to achieve it the last thing i want to do is end up in that emergency situation again Mm. where it all out of control and i you know it's just going to go wrong for me Mm. that's the i think yeah so from your perspective do you try and kind of coax them out of a c-section do you try and support them in one way or another or are you like yay let's go for the c-section let me try and rack up my c-sections for the month i don't know you've got like a <laughs> what's your like or do you kind of you're very neutral until you hear the, the woman's story that she presents to you what kind of what's your what's your so i used to it? be i used to be quite pro doing the v-back i used to be like now come on let's look at this other option that's here but with the way the nice guidelines are written now which is very very pro the choice of cesarean section i'll still talk about both uh but i'm much more i'm open to what you want Mm. you know Mm. i'll do what you want so there are scenarios when I'm not so like that. So if there's a 20-year-old who's likely to have more children in the future and, you know, I think probably a, a ongoing cesarean sections, multiple cesarean sections probably isn't going to be helpful to her, then I'm going to push her a bit. Mm. Whereas a 40-year-old lady who's having her second baby, first one by cesarean, I'm very open, you know, if she wants a section, she's having a section, that's absolutely fine. 
Um, so there are little things that might make you go one lean a bit, lean a bit one way or another. And so what about the risks of C-section? Would you mind, I mean, you know, we, when we're thinking about, certainly from a pregnant woman perspective, you kind of think, in my head, you know, like, well, I, I was tocophobic in my in, in my first pregnancy. So in my first trimester, I was like, yep, yeah, C-section, that's for me. That's what I'm having. Really? Absolutely. Wow. I was going to go for the C-section. and then, right. But I managed to overcome my fears and clear them. And by within one ah. trimester, I was okay. like, I'm going for home birth. <laughs> like that's what I had. I had the home birth, and it was amazing. Oh my word! You did change. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, completely. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm. Just, but I'm just wondering the the you so know the one risk, thing, yeah you. the risk. You know when we you're balancing it up like now with what I know about birth and how incredible the natural birth or vaginal you know the natural processes and the euphoric and the buzz and the way the hormones support you and why it's good for yeah. baby and all you know i'm much more informed about all this now so now i'm in my head i'm like oh my goodness c-section just feels like such a risky way to go if you don't absolutely need to for medical reasons and i'm just wondering sure. if you might you're much better place than i am to talk about what some of those risks are of c-section versus if you if you are in a sure. situation where there isn't a medical need yeah. where you're borderline and maybe there is a bit of fear in there but in my mind you can just clear fears that can happen you can do that very very effectively now so i want to do in my mind this is just me saying i don't do everything i can now to avoid the c-section because i feel that's quite a risky bit of sure. surgery uh, but you know sure. can you just explain it maybe from your perspective like how risky is it what are the risks yeah it, that, that's always a tricky one because see there are risks Definitely. Surgical risks. Fortunately, you normally start with a young, fit, healthy mother. So the likelihood is she's going to recover quick. Mm. You know, she's and she's focused on her baby. So and and so the recovery tends to be a good one, mm. tends to be a good one. Um, but the risks principally are infection anything from just a bit of redness to the wound but anything up to quite significant severe infection and we've certainly had a couple of people who've ended up back in theatre with debridement of wounds you know even packing them and keeping them open and and that's nasty you know it's um so any degree of infection, you're probably talking up to 15, 15, 20 percent risk. You know, right. it's quite high. Bleeding clearly because you don't just bleed from where the presenter comes away. You bleed from where we cut. So it, that's our prerogative to try and control that. Um, uh, and then thrombosis because deep vein thrombosis is a risk from pregnancy it's a risk from surgery so just doing the two adds up that risk a bit mm. um, uh, injury to your bladder because your bladder sits next to your uterus so if you certainly if you've had a couple of cesareans that risk gets a little bit higher and then the principal risk is really big but really rare is the one where if you have a cesarean the next time the placenta implants on the scar mm. and then you've got this placenta accreta situation so you come to the birth it doesn't separate and then you get torrential bleeding when it does start to come away and I was profoundly affected by being involved in a maternal death from that very very cause you know and she'd only had one previous section, but for good medical reason, you know. But I do highlight it to women now is you've got to realise that that's a potential risk. 
um, for the future. And certainly if you're going on to have three four cesarean sections, you know, don't go on and have big families if you're going to do it this way. Uh, and this, and the gentle section doesn't take away any of that risk. You know, all of that remains. It's not a, it's not changing the risk. It's changing the experience, but it's not changing the risk. Yeah. I think that's a, it's a really important thing to strive for, though, because a lot of women, like you said, are probably having a C-section because of their previous experience. They don't want to repeat. Whereas if they've had a positive birth experience, they come out feeling empowered, confident. Yeah. The whole mothering experience has started on a good in a good way. Then they're probably going to have a lot more confidence to go back into their next birth and really yeah. try for the V-back. So I think it yeah, really, definitely. you know, by going gentle can kind of really support them in their having more choices available to them next time round. I would have thought. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. There is this little critique that you know, are you making cesareans more popular? <laughs> You know, are they by... already very popular? <laughs> so by and they are already popular. <laughs> you're right. So is it? But do you, by making an experience better, make it more popular? But you know that's a poor argument, isn't it? Yeah. Because that doesn't stand up in my court. I'm afraid. No, you know you've got to make an experience better if you can. Yeah. And I don't particularly think that does really change the number of women who go on and have a section you know I, I i think they're there having their section they've decided on that they, they what they want then is an experience that's better yeah now you talked earlier about social media how it's helping um you and your colleagues maybe to understand birth better and shift your perspectives and you are behind a viral video so I just want to talk about <laughs> that um, we were chatting a little bit before we came on. Tell us about the viral video that went on Facebook. So basically, this couple came from outside region to have their gentle section, having been uh, not supported in their own unit, let's say. Um, and I asked them if I could create an educational video. Would they mind? They were, they were such a lovely couple, so open. I, so they were quite happy. They, they had no problem with that. So because of that, I said to him, well, although our policies and guidelines are not particularly supportive of you filming things, I haven't got a problem with it. So if you want to film it with your own phone, you go ahead and do it. So the dad filmed it with his own phone. He then sent it to a friend who's a doula and a you know um, birth supporter, and she sent it round to her friends. And within days, it had gone beyond anything she expected. So she was really, really worried. I think because it went viral. It went crazy. I mean, was it Sophie that shared it? Sophie Missagier. It was. Yeah, it was. I remember that now. I do remember. Do you know her? Yeah, I do. I've interviewed her on the podcast, actually. Oh, um, great. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, how many views has that video racked up there now? So it's now racked up 10 million views. Wow. I've just checked it. 10 million. Quite incredible. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I was worried I was going to get in huge trouble with my, my medical director and be you know, sent away in shame from the hospital saying that should never have happened. But actually, 
because it hit we were we, the nottingham post the local paper wanted a bit of a, a story on on her coming and having the gentle section mm. but then all of this went out and before the post had got their story in you know this was in cosmopolitan online and and uh, and all glamour and all sorts yeah and but actually because the story had a positive spin I didn't get into trouble. I was fine. It was all okay. And and actually, I think they quite liked it, really. Yeah. So, yeah, so Nottingham's got a bit of a... Is it a tourist destination now for gentle C-sections? <laughs> I've, done pro- I've done two or three from people from other units. Have but, you? But, yeah, I've just... Not not many, no. fortunately. Yeah, I, I don't want to be... You know, I don't want to, everyone pouring in. No, no, My no. boss wouldn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just, you know, with these people coming in, it's in, it's staggering, really. They're doing that because their own unit aren't supporting them in those choices. That, that, that I find that quite shocking, actually. Is that... Is, should I be so shocked? I think it... it I'm, I'm surprised that some people say... So, and when I say people, I mean doctors, mm. say they've not heard of it. So I've just had a, um, I've had a a text, not a text, an email sent to me just this weekend, um, just on an off chance saying, uh, we're in a, we're in another big city. I'll not say which one. And then we, we were wanting gentle cesarean and we asked our, our consultant, would they do that? And they said, oh, oh. I've not heard of that, but I can assure you that my sections are are, are not traumatic. Um, so, and they thought, oh dear, no, yeah. they haven't got this at all. It, but, you know, <laughs> so they just wanted to say, who who do you know that might facilitate mm. that? But mm. um, so yeah, I am a bit surprised people haven't heard of it. But I think it's getting more and more recognition. And there's something only come out in the in the news just in the last few days. Have you seen that from an anaesthetist talking? Oh, tell me. I did see that, but it... So Felicity Platt is an anaesthetist who she was involved in the initial paper that was written back in 2008. Ah. And, and she was speaking at an, an anaesthetic conference and she's clearly talked about about it there so again we've hit hit a bit of the limelight and the press again because of that so all of these things i think are good things because they keep sort of raising the issue yeah. there's supposed to have been a, a trial done but i don't know I, I i need to look into that a bit more and see whether there are any results from that or whether that's finished yet and i just thought something else that might be an, another thing on the checklist and that's whether with all the research that's happening right now about the, around the microbiome and swabbing or seeding would yeah. that be something to add to the checklist i know that's not, it's not conclusive is it the evidence no. around seeding yet but you know there's a lot of things happening in obstetrics and birth that isn't got evidence behind it so we can still <laughs> <True>. go for <laughs> yeah um so, <laughs> so we could you know that, that might be another thing that they might, might want to add to the checklist is that good so it could be um i fortunately the two people who've asked me about doing this both of them went away had private swabs and had group b strep on it Oh. And, and they both came back to me and said, you're relieved, aren't you? I went, oh, I am, I am. Because they said, yeah, we're not doing it. Don't worry, we're not doing it. So I've never had that done. And I think 
I would probably say that's your thing to do. I, if if you want to do it, you can do it. But I'm not particularly myself getting involved in that. There is a, still a bit of caution about that. You're right. But yeah, I think you're right. You could put that on the checklist. I mm. agree. Okay, yeah. well, I'm, I'm feeling a new little checklist coming on. Yeah, you you will... told me about one other thing and I've forgotten it already. What was your other narrating, thing? Narrating. The narration. Narrating, of the narrating. Yeah. I've got to remember that. No, well, I'm going to create a little checklist that people can come and download from the site. So, uh, yeah, we need to maybe get this sent out to a little bit of the obstetric yeah. community. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, Andy, it's just been brilliant chatting. I've just seen the time and how long we've been chatting. And is there anything else right. about C-sections while we're chatting C-sections? And if there's anything else that you think, you know, maybe pregnant mama listening ought to know about C-sections or not, or when she's making those decisions to help have the most positive birth. They think there is. We've talked about a lot um, sort of benefits. Like, benefits are always, you know, it's interesting because we never used to talk about benefits when we did a consent form. You'd you'd never really list a benefit. You'd always list all the risks. Mm. So there is a thing now that says what are you know advantages of the surgery and clearly it's a safe birth of the baby you know mm. and it's important that the baby's born safely and the mother's safe if you can add on to that a, a really good experience from it i guess it was now you can't prove that's your gentle section but i've had a few babies and noticed it that they come out they go straight to the mum's chest there isn't any squalling or, or screaming. They're calm, settled, and, you know, and that's great. That's great. So, no, I don't think I've got much more to say. I okay. think we've covered a lot. Yeah. No, no, that's yeah. brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Andy, for coming on the Fear Free Childbirth podcast. No problem. It's great to have been on it. Thank you for inviting me. Wasn't Andy brilliant? It was about time I had somebody talking about C-sections on the show. And I think that if you've got a fear of C-sections, listen to what Andy was saying. And particularly if you can plan for a gentle C-section, even if you're having an emergency C-section or one that isn't planned, then I hope that's going to help you to feel a little bit more positively about C-sections. Now, also, just to recap before I go, don't forget, if you want to join us on the Fearless Birth Prep Challenge, it finishes tomorrow. It's not too late to join. There are tons of Facebook Live sessions that we've been running in the Facebook group all week, things on natural birth, the stages of labour, mindset. We've had Sophie Fletcher uh, from Mindful Hypnobirthing dropping in as well. So yeah, lots and lots happening in the Facebook group. So don't forget to come and stop by and say hello and catch up on your fearless birth prep. Okay, that's it for me. I'll be back next week. Bye for now. You've just been listening to me, Alexia Leachman, here on the Fear Free Childbirth Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now, this is just a wee reminder that if you'd like to listen to bonus podcast episodes and have access to loads of birth preparation downloads, my video mini-series on reducing your fears and so much more, then join the Fearless Mamaship community today. You can join at fearfreechildbirth.com. Until next time, bye for now.